Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So we're here today to talk about to talk about rhythm, to talk about rhythm. And uh, actually, I loved preaching about this. It's, a, it's such a pity to me um, because the, I've only got one service to do this in because uh, I really enjoyed the concept of rhythm. And, and, and what we did, we talked about um, uh, instilling habits into our life, the rhythm of habit and, and all that. It's impossible to try and cover all those things in one in one message. But so I want to talk to us today about tapping into God's rhythm, tapping into God's rhythm. In the message version of 1 Kings chapter 8, um, from reading from like verse 56 to 58, the Bible says this, Blessed be God who has given peace to His people Israel just as He said He'd do. Not one of all those good and wonderful words that He spoke through Moses has misfired. May God, our very own God, continue to be with us just as He was with our ancestors. May He never give up and walk out on us. May He, God, keep us centered and devoted to Him, following the life path He has cleared, watching the signposts, walking at the pace and rhythms He laid down for our ancestors. What I love about that scripture is, and we've just been singing it, that, that God clears a path. There is a life path that God has cleared. Do you believe? Do you believe that today? That God has cleared a path for you. See, God wants us to see that He's gone ahead and cleared a path when we're facing the, the heaps of rubble, when we're facing the obstacles, our confession is to be that God has cleared a path for us because He truly is a way maker. And, and God doesn't even need to clear a path to make a path. God will create a path where there is no path. He, he, will, he will divide the sea. He will create a path through the Red Sea. He, 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 there is a path where He decides there's a path. So though it might not look like there's a way forward, my, though you might not easily see the way forward, you need to understand that God is the one who clears a path. He, he creates pathways in seas. He creates pathways through rivers. He makes a way in the wilderness and He even causes rivers to flow in the desert. There is nothing too difficult for Him. Do not be overwhelmed by the obstacles because we serve the way maker. He tells us that we're to be watching the signposts. God has placed points of direction along the way to encourage us that we're on the right road says that if we turn to the right or to the left, we'll hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk in it. He has the ability. You know, the, 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 if in the silence, sometimes we can wonder if we are on the right road. But, but your sat-nav does not 
does not talk to you when you're on the right road. It only tells you when you need to change. If you're on the right road, it's silent. You don't need it to keep saying you're on the right road, you're on the right road, you're on the right road, you're on the right road. When you're on the right road, it is silent. God does not, if you're on the right road, He doesn't need to be speaking to you every five minutes. You're on the right road. And the wonderful thing is that even if you did make a wrong turn, somehow you panicked and you went off the wrong off-ramp. The joy is that, that you know, if, if, you, if the sat-nav can recalibrate, how, how much can God? You, you, it will just, it will get you, it's, it's committed to getting you to the point you put in. And if you have to take a slightly different route to get there, you're still going to get there. Turn to someone and say, you're still going to get there. It might be a slightly different route and, and the sat-nav might be recalibrating right now. But I want to say if, if a little electronic satellite thing can recalibrate, you need to understand that God's will is, 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 is absolutely able to recalibrate and get you to the destination that He intended you to get to. Open doors are not always a blessing and closed doors are not always a curse. I say that because I think so often we, 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 we think that with God, when we see an open door, that it is God. And the truth is that not all open doors are God and not, and, and not all closed doors are the devil. Sometimes God is guiding us and He sometimes will use a closed door to help us to get on the right path. God sees what you can't and knows what you don't. But He wants you to make it more than you want to make it. Because He made you to make it. Oh, I love that. He made you to make it. God is not setting you up to fail. God is setting you up to succeed. And though you might not be able to understand the circumstances you're in right now, you need to understand that God has set you up for success. Trust Him. We walk at the pace and the rhythms He has laid down. It's God's timing in God's way. In God's time honored way. It's God's timing in God's way, in God's time honored way. Rhythm is to do with timing. It's to do with timing. And there is a time for everything. There's a time to move quickly. You've got to move quickly when God tells you to move. I love the fact uh, when, when, when Jesus uh, in Luke 19 reached the spot looking up at Zacchaeus, he said, come down immediately. I love the word immediately. It's like there, there, there are some things that, that Jesus asks us to do that we're meant to do immediately. We're not to argue. We're not to say, does this feel right? It's like it, if Jesus is saying move, we should move. We should move Quickly, don't miss your moment. Some, some things Jesus asks us to do and he asks us to do, uh, to do it quickly because we're going to miss our moment if we don't do it when he asks us to do it. Move quickly when you need forgiveness or when you need to forgive. I love what Sally shared there in the breaking of bread. I thought that was an excellent uh, uh, 
encouragement as we, as we gathered around the breaking of bread to think about forgiveness. When God asks you, when you, God doesn't have to ask you to forgive. He's already told you to forgive. When God uh, uh, inspires you to forgive, move quickly. You need, when you need forgiveness or you need to forgive. I've learned along the way that the longer you leave things, the more difficult it gets. It does not get easier. It does not get easier. You know, when, you leave, when you're waiting for the right time, when you're, when you're waiting, for the, waiting for the perfect time, you know, when you need to ask for forgiveness or when you need to forgive, let me tell you, I think that now is the perfect time. Now. Because why, Sally talks about that poison uh, uh, being leaked into my life. Why wait? Why, why give more opportunity for the root of bitterness to spring up? Take the opportunity Deal with it. Move quickly to get away from temptation. That's, that's when we need to move quickly. I, I think about the story of, of Genesis in, 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 in Genesis, sorry, this the story of Joseph in Genesis 39. Um, when when um, Potiphar's wife is tempting Joseph. And we, we, we read there... Um, it says there in verse 7, And after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than, than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Now then, could I, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God. So you'd think that'd be the end of the matter, but actually verse 10 shows us it's not. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, I thought, you know what? Temptation has a rhythm. Temptation has a rhythm. Day after day. You know, it, it's like, you know, he made his speech. He did the right thing. He made the right decision. And, and he thought that that would be the end of it. But he still had to stand his ground after the speech. I think that what Joseph says there says a lot about his self-talk. I believe he was able to stand in that moment because of his self-talk. His internal world was in order that enabled him to make a right decision in his external world. The enemy is after your internal world. He, he's after your thoughts. He's after what you think about. He's after what you meditate upon. He's after what you obsess over. He uses that stuff to fuel temptation. I want to I wanna say that, that, that people don't fall in, in a moment, there, there has been a journey to it because temptation has a rhythm day after day. And sometimes we have to stand day after day against that temptation. I want to say to you this morning, if you're married, flirting isn't fun. It's playing with fire. And you can be sure that if things are a little bit tough in the marriage and you know, a little bit of spark has gone out. You'll be sure, you can be sure there's, there's someone at the office. There's someone at church. 
I don't, yeah, you don't have to say amen or you, you can just look at me, that's absolutely fine. Because, you know, we like to pretend sometimes, don't we, that this stuff doesn't go on. But God will make sure there's someone there in the wrong place at the wrong time to do the wrong thing. And, and it's what, what goes on. It's what, go, what is going on inside of you as to whether that thing will find traction or not. And the thing is, it never comes to us when we're feeling spiritually strong. It comes to us when we're feeling down, when we're feeling that God is a long way away, when we're feeling what's the point. And that's when the enemy, when we're vulnerable, he comes to strike. But in Jesus' name, I believe that God has sent me today to speak to somebody's life, to say it is not worth it. Do not play with fire. You will get burn take your eyes off her take your eyes off him put them on Jesus and he'll make sure your eyes end up in the right place and you need to move quickly when you have an opportunity to bless someone love this proverb says do not withhold good proverbs say do not hold good withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them if you can help your neighbor now don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. So there are times to move quickly, but there are also times to move slowly. Move slowly when you're in the process of making a major decision. Move slowly when you don't have all the facts. Some of us, we, we act too quickly when we don't, we're not fully au okay fait with the facts. Proverbs even says, he said in verse, Proverbs 18, it's, Verse 13, it says, he who answers before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. In other words, it's a fool that judges half a matter. There is always another side to the story. No matter how convincing, no matter how convincing the half of the story you heard was, there's always another side to the story. Move slowly when you are hurt, angry, or upset. Because it's easy to react when we actually need to respond. And often when we're hurt, angry, or upset, that's when we want to move quickly. Because we just want to tell them what exactly <laughs> is on our mind. In Jesus' name. But move slowly. See, God, God is the one who sets the rhythm. And I believe he sets the rhythm for breakthroughs in our lives. And there's lots of examples we could look at. But let me take a couple of familiar ones probably to you. Joshua 6, uh, when, when the Bible talks to us about Jericho. And uh, it talks about the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Oh, Lord, help me. You see, I want to preach on this now. I want to preach on this. I can't. But let me just say this. You see, because of the Israelites, no one went out and no one came in. You see, the thing was that that looked like an impenetrable city. 
But you don't know what God is doing in people's hearts and minds. Because because of the Israelites, there was, there was something about the Israelites that instilled fear in them. And they stayed behind their fortified walls and, and they didn't move. You don't know that you, you might think you're on the wrong side. You might think that you are being excluded. You might think you're being overlooked. But you don't know what God is doing in somebody's heart or mind. And he says, then the Lord said to Joshua, see I, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And then, you know, we know he talks about marching around the city with all the old men, do it for six days. Um, and then he talks about seven times on the seventh day. He, he gave Joshua a, a rhythm to break through. It didn't necessarily make sense. But I think it's important to take note that when God said to him, uh, I've delivered, I've delivered, past tense, Jericho into your hands. There are some things that we are waiting for that God has already done. There are some things that we are waiting for that God has already done. He said, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. I've already done something, but there is a rhythm that I want you to enter into. I want you to march around the city. Uh, uh, and I want you, you, you know, even marching has a rhythm. Marching has a rhythm. There is a rhythm to break through. I want you to march. I want you to walk with a rhythm. I want you to do it for six days. I want you to do it. On, and on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. There is a, a rhythm to break through. God is looking for faithfulness. He wants you to do some things and keep doing some things. Too often, I think we want God just to wave his hand over a situation and, and it's, all, it's, all, it's all done. Because this all depends on your view of God. If you, I don't know, I, I sometimes describe him, in, sometimes in people's minds, he's a Santa Claus God. He's, he's just, a, 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 we sit on his knee, we tell him what we want and he drops it down the chimney. Um. And, so, and too often that leaves us with a misunderstanding of the reality that God wants to do something in me. God wants to do something in you. It's not just about what you get out of it. It's what God is trying to get into you. God is trying to build something into you. God is trying to do something in you. God, while you're marching, while you're marching and it feels like you're doing nothing. When it feels like, because I'm marching around some stuff that, how can this make a difference? How can this change anything? How, but God has told me to march. So I'm going to keep marching because he's asked me to march. And therefore I'm trusting, I'm trusting that this is going to lead to a breakthrough. I want to say to somebody, if you do what God is asking you to do, that impossible situation will crumble before you. If you do what God is asking you to do, that impossible situation will crumble before you. I was also thinking in 1 Kings 18 of, of Elijah, uh, when, he, when he was praying, he was praying 
that the drought would come to an end. He was praying that rain would come and seven times back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, the servant went. There is a rhythm to breakthrough. I want us to understand that God sets the rhythm. God sets the rhythm. And I, I would like to put it like this. First, obedient. Breakthrough requires obedience. You have to do what God said in God's way. Secondly, is consistent. Breakthrough means you have to keep doing some things consistently, even when what you're doing does not make sense. I'm marching, it doesn't make sense. I'm walking, looking for clouds, it doesn't make sense. I'm collecting water when we need wine. It doesn't make sense. But do what He's asked you to do and be consistent in it. Be obedient, be consistent, and then thirdly, be persistent. You have to be persistent because I believe the closer you get to your breakthrough, it often feels like it's not working. I'm carrying all this prophetic momentum, but the sky is still blue. The reports I'm getting all the time, over and over and over, is the sky is blue. I don't know what you're doing, man of God, but it's not working. I don't know what you're praying for, man of God, but it's not working. All I know is I'm getting tired. It's hot. It's sweaty. I'm going backwards and forwards and I keep giving you the same answer that you've had over and over. It's not working. But you've got to do what God has asked you to do and you've got to be persistent. Obedient, consistent, persistent. Obedient, consistent, persistent. Obedient, consistent, persistent. Obedient, consistent, persistent. This is the rhythm of breakthrough. Obedient, consistent, persistent, obedient, consistent, persistent in prayer and in action. This is our spiritual battering ram. Because when I carry the rhythm of God's heart, things shift. When I carry the rhythm of God's heart, things shift. That's why resources were attracted to the the vision that Nehemiah was carrying because he was carrying the heart of God. I truly believe that, that whilst there may be resistant to God, resistance to God's will, that there will be nothing ultimately that will hinder what God has decided. No man, no woman, no human being can stand in the way of what God has decided and what God has planned. And yet I will, I will talk to us about obedient, consistent, persistence. That's that persistent. That's our rhythm. But it, at the same time, it's not by might, nor by power. It's by my spirit, declares the Lord. It's not about self-effort or more effort. Trying to force the hand of God. I want to I wanna just bring a little word of correction that sometimes I hear, you know, listen, I believe in fasting. 
I fast. But fasting is not forcing the hand of God. Fasting is not getting God to do what I want Him to do. And I think that sometimes we will say we're fasting for a situation because we're believing, we're believing, we're believing. What We need to be aligned. We need to be aligned to the will of God. We need to be aligned to the Spirit of God. And, and fasting will do that. It will sensitize me to the voice of God. It will help me to hear what, he need, what I need to hear. It will align me to His heartbeat, to His rhythm. It's not about me getting stressed out, tearing my hair out, if you have hair to tear out. And it's about letting go and letting God. I love the way um, the Gospel of Matthew puts this in Matthew 11 in the message version. It talks about the unforced rhythms of grace. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely Unlikely. Don't you love that? Yeah. I love that. And it, I also love the fact it talks about learning. Mm-hmm. Learning. Learning the, the unforced rhythms of grace. You can learn God's rhythm. You can learn God's rhythm. You can learn when you are out of sync with the rhythm of His beat you know it's like um, uh, my family particularly the women in my family I would hasten to add uh, highly sensitized as to whether I am keeping the beat when we're dancing invariably in their minds hello I am not keeping the beat. Somehow my body isn't reproducing what I'm hearing in my head. <laughs> but the point that I want to make, we, we, we need to know when we're out of beat with the rhythm of God. We need to be, we need to learn, hey, this doesn't feel right. This just doesn't feel like we're getting it right. And that is so often the spirit of God helping us to walk at the pace and rhythms he has laid down. However, that means that I must trust his timing. I must trust his timing. What do I do when I don't get what I thought I was going to get when I thought I was going to get it? What do I do 
when I was believing for it, when I've got scriptures highlighted in my Bible, I've got a prophecy written down in the back of my Bible. And what, what do I do when still, still I'm not seeing what I was believing for? I've got to trust His timing. Romans 5 verse 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Galatians 4.4 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Genesis 18.1 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. There's a right time, a set time, an appointed time. A right time, a set time, an appointed time. All, inverted commas, all I have to do is wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. That's all. Sounds great in a sermon, right? Sounds great as part of your devotional reading in the morning, but it's not quite so easy to live through. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I've often marveled at the fact that God's in these moments hands us responsibility. It was like he did for Joshua. He, he, he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. He didn't say, hey, bro, don't worry. I'm going to make you strong and courageous. He said, no, this is your homework, Josh. This is your homework. Be strong and courageous. This is, this is the psalmist's homework for us. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. That's our homework. We've, we've got to do that. We've got to put ourselves in a place where we can uh, be strong and take heart. You see, it's not just that I wait. It's how I wait. How, how do I wait? I want to, I want to, I want to say to us, don't, don't suppress frustration. Confess God's promise, promises. It would be one of my, it would be one of my challenges sometimes where, with my walk with God, that I feel that sometimes people want you to deny reality. That somehow faith is denying the real story. And I've tried to do it, and it really doesn't work. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I... <coughs> oh, Jesus, thank you. I don't have a cold. I don't have a cold. I don't have a cold. Um, oh, do you have a cold? No, I do not have a cold. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. No, you do, bro. No. No, I'm healed in Jesus' name. 
what I mean is Abraham faced the facts, but he believed God. I, I don't think that believing God is about denying the facts, but I trust him that in this, sure, right now I seem to have the symptoms of a cold, but I, God, I believe that God is going to heal me. And I think this is, this is also true in, in the wait. Don't suppress frustration, but for, confess God's promises. We're human beings, man. We're going we're gonna to feel frustrated. We're going to feel upset. We're going to just face, just face the facts that that's the way I feel right now. However, I'm going to confess God's promises. I don't feel like it, actually. I don't want to do it, actually. But I believe that those promises are more powerful than the way I'm feeling. So I'm going to confess them anyway. And I'm not going to suppress my frustration. Secondly, don't worry yourself, encourage yourself. And they can, look, they, can, they can look quite similar. In other words, what are you allowing to go round and round in your mind? You can worry or you can allow encouragement to go around in your mind. Listen, it takes effort. It takes energy to do that. It takes prayerful energy to do that. I actually don't believe it's something that we can do in our own strength. We need the Spirit of God to help us. But it's our responsibility to activate that. It's our responsibility to put ourselves in an atmosphere where that can easily be activated. If I, if I am not feeling like I've got sufficient faith God help me to get around some people who, who can speak faith into my heart. Get me an atmosphere of faith. Don't, don't get me into an atmosphere that is going to affirm and confirm the problem. I don't need anybody to do that. I can do that all by myself. But I need some people to step up and encourage and believe me. Believe with me. Surround yourself with people who, if they can't see what you see, they believe that you've seen what you've seen. Oh, come on. Surround yourself with people who, if they can't see what you see, they believe that you've seen what you've seen. Don't let doubt talk you out of what you know God said. Don't let doubt Talk you out of what you know God has said. When doubt is screaming in your ear, ear, that is the time for you to confess what God has said. You need to hear it come out of your own lips. Hear what God has said come out of your own mouth. Because God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his own mouth. Speak out what he has said. Let your ears, let your heart, let your head hear what God has said. And wait expectant that he's going to do something. Don't suppress frustration. Confess God's promises. Don't worry yourself. Encourage yourself. Don't let, don't let doubt talk you out of what you know God has said. Surround yourself with people who, if they can't see what you see, they believe that you've seen what you've seen. And wait expectant 
that he is going to do something. This, this expectation is a weight. It's a weight of expectation. You know, I remember I used to live out at Underwood and I used to every day catch the, the 102 bus into town. And, uh, and the, the bus used to wait at the top of the hill and it was, you know, you were looking because it was freezing cold usually and the wind used to whip around that bus stop. And, and, and you, it wasn't just I was stood there waiting. I was waiting, expecting. I was looking up the road because I believed something was coming. And I, my wait was expecting because even though I couldn't see it, I was looking for it. God wants us to wait with an expectation that even though you can't see it, you're expecting it. Your posture is a posture of expectation. You see, the thing is, God never turns up just in time. He's always right on time. He never turns up just in time. He's always right on time. It may be just in time according to our timetable. But when, I, when God arrives, He's not out of breath. He's not rushed. He's calm. Because He's right on time. He never operates to my timetable. There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm. An on forced rhythm of grace. Wow, what would it be to live life not straining, not pushing, not straining to make something happen. Ooh, we've got to get there. We've got to get to the next step. We've got to do the next thing. We've got to, 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 we've got, we've fueled, uh, an energy that is fueled by social media and, and Instagram. Because we've got so many things to compare ourselves with and, oh, I need to be more on it. I need to be, and, and, and I just feel that we, we whip ourselves up into a state, a state of stress that God never intended. He wants us to be walking in a peaceful confidence. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. But I want to read you something in conclusion it's a, it's a poem I wrote um, and I actually called it a psalm uh, the reason I called it a psalm was because the psalms are so honest the, the, the psalmists are not afraid to say it like it really is I know we might pretty things up for one another you know how you doing I'm fine no you're not fine no you're not fine but you just back people away with, I'm fine. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's okay. It'll be fine. But it's not coming from, it's not coming from a, a place of faith. It's coming from, just leave me alone. I'm, I'm finding it hard to cope with this as it is. Never mind talking to you about it. But I, I wrote this poem as an expression, as, as some stuff that was going on inside of me. Because I wanted to say, after saying all this, after saying all this stuff, which I absolutely believe, the truth is life happens. Life happens. And, and sometimes it's tough. That's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. And I wrote this, I wrote this psalm because it, it doesn't just gloss over the frustration of the weight. 
Do you want to hear it? Be a bit rough if you said no, because... Nah, you're all right. We've got stuff we need to get on with. Here we go. Where in the world are you, God? Why do you hide yourself, pride yourself on being distant? You don't need the hype. You're the strong, silent type. But Lord, help me out here. I'm out here. Standing precariously on a promise that is frayed around the edges and faded with the passing of too many expectant days. I've kept smiling and believing as my feet grew numb and my soles have worn thin. As I stand on the word, the last one I heard where I believed, retrieved a faith that would see me through. Well, now I'm through. And where are you? I'm sorry. Do I sound upset? You bet. I feel like I've been jilted by text without the text. Are you vexed? I'm vexed. Well, I wouldn't know because it feels like you're a no-show. Where did you go? Yeah, that's right. Tell me you hate me. Turn up and berate me. Anything heaven sent, just not this treatment, the silent kind. Driving me out of my mind when all I ever wanted to find was you. Your way overdue. Where are you? I've had my say and stormed out the door, then keep coming back to say one more thing that might get a reaction, stir up some action, or there'll be a subtraction, me minus you. Then what will you do? What will I do? If I can't find you. Because truth is I need you more than I want to more than my breakthrough. This strength for ranting, which leaves me panting for breath, and you lent me both. I have thrown thrown them in your face and you weren't even phased because you've heard it before I said it. Before I wrote it, you've read it. I think you're surprised, but to you it's a reprise. It's had too many plays for too many days which left me dazed and raised questions that were screamed at you above the white noise of my own soul. Turns out you were speaking all the time I was seeking but won't compete with the deafening beat of my own fear. If I am to hear, turn down the volume, raise the boom, God's in the room. And he'll keep saying what he's always been saying while I've been praying, I've got your back. There'll be no lack. I'll keep you on track. When they attack, it's not me. You'll win, you'll see. But victory looks like what I say it looks like. Drops my end of conversation. Standing ovation. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.